are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Galatians chapter number 6. I'm going to preach tonight a, uh, a message that that I need to hear. And also, I think that maybe our church and every church in America and around the world, this is probably a message for such a time as this. And uh, it might not be the most exciting thought, but I think it'll be a helpful thought. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9. I want you to see what the Bible says here. The Bible says this, And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, I want you to notice several words in verse number 9. I see the word weary. To be weary is to get tired. To be weary is to be dissatisfied. To be weary is to be disillusioned or jaded. Worn out. Be weary. Then I see the words well-doing. By the way, that's our job. We don't get saved by good works, but since we're saved, we'll do the works of Him who saved us. We do well-doing. That's our job. The word weary, the word well-doing, I like the phrase due season. Due season. Payday is coming in God's time. We see this, the phrase shall reap. But there's a phrase at the end of the verse that says, if we faint not. To be weary is to get tired. To be weary is to get dissatisfied. To be weary is to maybe get disillusioned or jaded. But fainting is birthed out of weariness. And it goes beyond just being weary, and it means to quit. For a little while this evening, I want to preach a message, and I just didn't have a good title, so I'm going to title it this, A, war, a Word of Warning on Weariness. A Word of Warning on Weariness. Being dissatisfied, being tired, being frustrated in your purpose. The danger with weariness is it's fertile ground for quitting. It's fertile ground for fainting. Let's pray tonight. God, I pray you'd help our church. I pray you'd help me. I pray you'd help us, Lord, if we find ourselves getting weary, to quickly remedy that. Help us, Lord, not to get tired of the work, though we might get tired in the work. I pray you'd please speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. The verses tonight that precede our text verse use the illustration of sowing and reaping. Paul is writing to the Christians in Galatia, and he's also speaking to Christians in our generation. And he's reminding us that the seeds you sow will determine the harvest that you reap. God is not negligent to keep notes on humanity. His eyes watch everything. His ears hear everything. His mind is never confused. As man sows in life, so shall he reap, both in life and in eternity. Verse 7 is a very well-known and a very sobering verse. The Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's amazing how the carnal mind of man attempts to justify sinful activity. Our flesh is very deceitful. But what a warning it is to the world here from the Word of God that God is not mocked, meaning God is not delusioned by the depraved reasoning of man and the seeds that you sow determine the crop that you'll reap. 
It's very basic. If you sow corn, you reap corn. If you sow beans, you expect to reap beans. If you sow tomatoes, you reap tomatoes. And if you sow sin, you will reap the judgment of God. In verse number 8, we're given two choices when it comes to sowing. There are two fields in which man can choose to sow his life. Every day, we sow. You sow as you talk. You sow as you walk. You sow as you think. You sow as you act. We sing the hymn sometimes, Bringing in the Sheaves. And it talks about sowing in the morning and sowing in the noontime and sowing in the sunshine and sowing in the shadow. And that's exactly right. We're always sowing as we journey through life. We have to make the choice every day whether we're going to sow life into the field of the spirit or if we're going to sow our life into the field of the flesh. The Bible says in verse number 8, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall reap, or shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So it just goes without saying that what you sow, you live a godly life, you can expect to be blessed. You live an obedient life, you can expect to be blessed. You live to the flesh and live a sinful life, then you can expect the ramifications and the consequences that come from living and sowing to the carnal nature. Paul is using that axiom, that analogy of sowing and reaping. And he continues that thought as we get to our text verse for the message. Now, I believe that in this verse tonight, if we could get a hold of it, I believe this verse could help salvage many a Christian from becoming a casualty in the Christian life. I'll go so far as to say, I think the truth in this verse tonight, if we can wrap our heart around it, it can save many a Sunday school teacher from becoming a casualty. It can save many a bus worker from becoming a casualty. It can save many a choir member from becoming a casualty. It can save many a church member from becoming a casualty. Our churches across America, our church in Santa Clara, the churches around the world, if we could truly get a hold of the warning in this verse tonight. It could save a lot of heartache and save a lot of shame and save a lot of sorrow and save a lot of missed potential if we could wrap our heart around the truth of the verse here in verse number nine of Galatians chapter number six. Now let's read the verse again together. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now if you were to look at this verse you find in this verse, there is a command, there is a certainty, and then there is a condition that is mentioned. First, the Bible command is simply this, don't be weary in doing well. Or we can say, don't be weary in well-doing. That means don't be tired of doing right. Don't be bored with obeying the Bible. Don't be burned out living for God. So to the Spirit, honor Christ and keep on keeping on doing well. Bob Jones Sr. made the statement, do right till the stars fall and then do right. And that's what this verse is saying. Don't get tired. Don't get bored. Don't be uh, weary when it comes to well-doing. That is our command. Now there's also a certainty. The command begins the verse and then you find the certainty. The certainty is we shall reap in due season. That word shall leaves no room for doubt. 
at the appointed time, well-doers will be rewarded. Now, I thank God for that. I'm glad there is a payday someday. I'm glad there's a reward day someday. I'm glad there's a day coming on God's calendar when everything we do for the Lord, well-doing, will be rewarded. Reaping is a great thing. You say, what is reaping? Reaping is bringing in the sheaves. Reaping is harvesting the crop. Reaping is picking the fruit. Sowing is labor. But thank God, reaping is reward. And just as the sinner can be assured that God is not mocked and they shall be rewarded for their sin. So the well-doer, those who do well, those who serve God, they can be assured, they can have confidence that there is a day coming, due season is coming, and they shall reap as they have sown. Now you might be here tonight and say, but Brother Cooper, I've been teaching my class and it doesn't feel like I'm getting any results. Just keep teaching, due season will come. You say, but I've been uh, praying and I've been laboring in prayer and it seems like the answer has not come. Just keep praying, due season will come. It doesn't operate on my schedule. It's not running according to my calendar. But God's clock is always on time. God's calendar is always on time. And in due season, just be faithful in due season. Don't get tired in due season. Don't you change in due season. Don't you quit. You will reap in due season. The farmer tills the ground but he doesn't reap right away. The farmer sows the seed, but he doesn't reap right away. The farmer has to nurture that seed in the ground. He doesn't reap right away, but thank God the harvest day does come. The mother conceives, but does not give birth right away. She carries that child and nourishes that child and nurtures that child within her body. Then she fights through the pains of labor. But thank God there is a delivery date and the baby does come. And you and I can rest assured that the same God that gives the farmer his crop and the same God that blesses the family with their child is going to reward his people who are faithful to him and don't get weary in well-doing. That's a certainty. So there's a command. Don't be weary in well-doing. There is a certainty we shall reap in due season. But there's a condition. The condition is found at the end of the verse. The command is don't be weary in well-doing. The certainty is we shall reap in due season. The reaping comes not simply from not getting weary in well-doing, but the condition placed upon it is this. If you do get weary in well-doing, don't allow your weariness to stay to the point where weariness grows and blossoms and leads to fainting. Now there's a difference in that word weary and that word faint. To be weary is to get tired. To be weary is to get disenchanted. To be weary is to slow down your pace. To be weary is to slack in production, but fainting or quitting goes beyond that. And it literally means to give out, to give up, to give in, to lay it down, and to quit all together. So there is a condition. Don't get weary in well-doing. If you don't get weary in well-doing, you're going to reap in due season. But if you get weary, don't stay weary. Don't live weary. Don't fester in weary. But get out of that weary, lest it leads you to totally quit on 
on God. There's a lot of Christians right now from having conversations, from reading text messages, from just listening that are weary in the work of God. They're weary with the lack of activity right now in the work of God. And the warning tonight, the word of warning is this, don't stay weary because weariness will birth fainting or quitting in the Christian life. Think about this. The military has a slogan. It says fear, or rather fatigue, I'm sorry, fatigue will make casualties or cowards of us all. Can I say the Christian life can adopt the same thing and change the word fatigue for weariness. And if we're not careful, weariness will make casualties or quitters of us all. We could break down this verse and simply say God wants us to do good. God wants you to enjoy doing good. God promises to reward you if you do good. But the danger is, in the midst of doing good, your flesh is going to get weak, and your flesh is going to get tired, and your flesh will get disillusioned, and that's called weariness. But if weariness is not remedied fast enough, weariness will lead to fainting. Weariness in the Christian life makes us vulnerable to the attacks of the devil. It makes the Christian life very volatile, and it makes everyone susceptible to falling victim to fainting. Weariness means to get tired, but fainting means to totally quit on God. Now tonight we all have to deal with weariness. Every one of us battles weariness, but I'm glad none of us have to succumb to fainting. No Christian, no Christian ever intended to quit on God. I've never yet met a Christian that planned it out. I am going to quit on God. I'm going to drop my standards. I'm going to leave my church. I'm going to quit my class. I'm going to stop reading my Bible. I'm no longer going to pray. Nobody plans that. But it happens time and time and time again. It's happened before. It's happening right now. It'll happen till Jesus comes. But the question is, why does that happen? How could you quit on God who saved us. How could you quit on God who loves us like he does? How could a Christian quit on a God that meets our every need? How could you quit on a God who provides and forgives and shows mercy? But it happens. I could name Christians right now that were doing well, but they fainted. They were teaching a class, but they quit. They sung in a choir, but they quit. They pastored a church, but they quit. They filled a mission field, but they quit. They worked a bus route, but they quit. What happened? They got weary in well-doing, and weariness left unchecked blossoms into fainting. Why does the quitting happen? Why does the giving up happen? Because we don't check our weariness. The cause for quitting, or the Bible word here is the faint, is because you don't revive yourself, or refresh yourself, or reset yourself, or recharge yourself in the midst of weariness, and it leads to fainting. If you were to go around, I've been able to preach out of the state several times in the last few months and talk to Christians. I'm talking about good Christians that have been planted in church and serving in church, raised in church, graduated Christian school, went to Bible college, and yet they're making some of the dumbest decisions. They're leaving their ministry, they're leaving their families, they're leaving their jobs, they're leaving their beliefs, they're leaving their Bible, they're changing and changing and changing. And what caused that? They face the same thing I face and the same thing you face. You say, what is that? Getting weary in well-doing. 
But the problem was they stayed there and allowed their weariness to morph and metastasize into fainting. And now they're not even running the Christian race. Now, lest you and I think that that couldn't happen to us. I want to challenge you tonight. If you're feeling a little bit tired, a little bit disillusioned, a little bit disconnected, a little bit jaded, a little bit upset, a little bit disgruntled because you're not able to do what you used to do or you're just not in like you used to be in, you better remedy that in a hurry lest that weariness grow into fainting. All, all of us get weary. Let's just be transparent. I get weary. You get weary. I get weary in my prayer life. I get weary in Bible reading. I get weary in soul winning. I get weary in trying to live right. I get weary in my ministry. I get weary of people. I get weary of problems. But can I say that's okay. The command does not say don't get weary. The command is don't be weary. It's not the same thing. It's all right and expected. We're weak in our flesh. Now, I wish it wasn't so, but it is. We all get weary. But the difference is those who get weary and get out and those who get weary and then they become weary. Weariness comes to all of us. But you can't survive living inside the city limit signs of weariness. Elijah could not live under the juniper tree. Elijah was a well-doer. I love Elijah. In fact, would to God every preacher who still breathes air in America had a little bit of Elijah's spirit within him right now. Thank God for a man with conviction and combustion, a man who knows what he believed and put his finger in the snout of the king and said, this is what God has to say about it. I like Elijah, but even Elijah got weary in well-doing. He felt like he was the only one. He got a little bit discouraged and he crawled up underneath that juniper tree. But thank God he didn't stay under the juniper tree. Had he stayed under the tree, no, uh, there would have been no more great works of Elijah. Would have been maybe no Elisha. But thank God he got weary, but he didn't be weary. He got weary, but he didn't stay weary. He got weary, but he didn't live there. He had to get up and go on for God. Elijah faced weariness. Jesus himself faced weariness. In John chapter 4, he sat thus on the well, being wearied with his journey. Jesus was a well-doer. Jesus went about doing good. He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. He opened blinded eyes. He made the deaf ears hear. He raised the dead. He healed the crippled. And no doubt in his flesh, that human side of Christ, he got weary. But you know what he did? He often left the crowd, got into a quiet place where he could focus on the Heavenly Father and get along with God in prayer. Why? Because he didn't want his weariness to grow into fainting. Jesus called his own disciples out from the multitudes many times. They were serving. They were busy in the work. But can I say, if you're always pouring out, you'll go empty eventually if you don't refill. He pulled his disciples out into solitary places and desert places. Why? He sensed that they might be getting weary, but he didn't want them to become weary. Because to be weary is what produces fainting in the Christian life. And I want to challenge us tonight. You might get weary, but don't marinate in weariness. You might get weary, but don't stagnate in weariness. You might get weariness, but don't park it in weariness. You've got to pick yourself up like Job from the ashes. Rise up again and go on for God. Can I say if you live in weariness, it's just one hair's breadth away from totally quitting. Every preacher gets weary. Every teacher does get weary. Every deacon will get weary. Every church member shall get weary. Every father gets weary. Every mother gets weary. Every husband gets weary. Every wife gets weary. Every child of God gets weary. And 
and especially in the area of well-doing. Well-doing's not flashy. Well-doing doesn't get much reward. Well-doing's not loved by the world. But can I say, there's nothing more rewarding than well-doing. That's what this world needs is well-doing. And when you find yourself getting weary, we all get weary. Please don't live in weariness. Get up and go on lest you faint trying to be spiritual. In an unspiritual world makes you weary. Trying to walk with God in a place that hates God makes you weary. Doing right in the midst of those doing wrong makes you weary. Living different from the world makes you weary. Serving with no thanks can make you weary. Pouring out can make you weary. Standing for truth can make you weary. To have your purpose frustrated can make you weary. It's wearisome to labor. It's wearisome to sow. It's wearisome to uh, to water. It's wearisome when due season is not on your calendar. When the odds and opposition are against you. But can I say, due season does come. Well doing is rewarded. And if you find yourself weary, don't live in weariness. Get up lest you faint. Oh, I hate to hear it. Another Christian quit. And they didn't quit because the devil got on them. They quit because they didn't control their mind. They quit because they weren't fulfilled in their heart. They quit because they got their focus on the wrong thing. And they got weary, maybe not even of the work because they can't work. They're weary because they're not doing what they want to do for God. And they let their weariness produce fainting. In 2 Thessalonians 3.13, Paul hit it again when he talked to the Thessalonians and said, But ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Let's just be real. It's wearisome wearing a mask everywhere. It is wearisome being told to stay six feet back, please, six feet back. It's wearisome to not be able to shake hands. It is wearisome to not be able to see people smile. It is wearisome to not run buses. It is wearisome to not knock on doors. It is wearisome to be bombarded with regulations. And now they say, knock it back down, knock it back down. It's wearisome to have our school children have to add a face shield or a mask or the teachers to their school uniform. It is wearisome to have a 3,000 seat auditorium and they say only 100 people can sit inside of it. It is wearisome to check my little boy, three and a half years old, when I get out of the vehicle, he said, Daddy, do you have your mask? He ought not even know what that is at this point in his life. It is wearisome to live this way. It is wearisome, preacher, to watch people move out of Santa Clara for money. It is wearisome to watch good families drop out of church. It is wearisome to have Sunday school classes that no longer have a teacher. It is wearisome to see Bible college students miss the will of God. It is wearisome to see people get so jaded with old time convictions. It is wearisome to see all the slander. It is wearisome to face all the scorning. It is wearisome to hear all the bad news. It's wearisome to have folks in the hospital we can't love on. It's wearisome to have folks in the nursing home that we can't see. It's wearisome to have new converts that I've been able to visit in all almost a year now. It is wearisome to see our Sunday school classes drop down 50% or more. It is wearisome to preach outside in the cold. It is wearisome to see you through a car windshield. It is wearisome to have to strain our voice and meet out here and ruin our clothes in this world. It is wearisome. These are weary days. Are you weary? In Genesis 27, Rebecca told 
Isaac, I am weary. In Psalm 6, David said, I am weary. In Job 10, Job said, my soul is weary. Jeremiah said, I am weary. D.O. Moody said, I am weary in the work, but I'm not weary of the work. And can I say tonight, it's okay to get weary. All of us are weary. All of us are tired. All of us get disillusioned. All of us are dissatisfied. But don't stay there. Why? Because weariness is what grows into fainting. And that means to quit on God. Honestly, tonight, those who've left, I tell you what happened, they fainted. I'm not trying to be unkind and I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush, but if we just want to be generic and trace it back, they got dissatisfied. They got disillusioned. They got jaded. They got tired. They listened to too many negative voices. They kept themselves idle and the devil got in their mind. They let their heart be stolen by the world. And they thought, well, I can go. I'll just go and be disgruntled. No, you'll go disgruntled in service or two and then you'll faint. I'll just skip I'll just skip Sunday school for a couple weeks just to let them know that I'm not happy. You try it for a couple weeks, you'll get weary, and I'll tell you what's gonna happen, you'll faint. Well, I just happen to be able to pass out a track. I think I'll move to a state that's more open. You didn't pass out tracks when it was open. You ain't gonna do it now. Say amen right there. The reasoning of people. I said in Sunday school this morning, at least consult God when you make a decision. That should be on a fortune cookie in some restaurant around town. Have you ever gotten weary? It's okay to get weary. It's not okay to be weary. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Eliezer, the son of one of David's mighty men, slew so many Philistines. The Bible said that his hand was weary as he claved to his sword. Have you preached until you've gotten weary? Have you labored for your class until you've become weary? Have you prayed for your... I talked to Brother Ken this morning in Sunday school. And I said, Brother Ken, did you visit yesterday? He said, I did. I said, your bus ride? He said, I did. That's got to be wearisome. He said, the parents are begging us to take their kids back. And I said, I can tell you I know why. But anyway, of course they are. I want my boy to be a bus kid as soon as they start back up. You can take him. But it's got to be wearisome to knock those doors and see those children. They ask you to come to church and we're not allowed to bring them to church. Lack of ministry will make you weary. The shortcomings you see in others can make you weary. The weaknesses in every church, when you focus on those, it'll make you weary. When brethren fail and fall, it can make you weary. But can I say tonight, we have to be at war with weariness. Our danger is not physical exertion. Our danger is spiritual burnout. The Christian life is likened to a race. Paul calls it a wrestling match. He said, Timothy, it's a warfare. Peter described it as a pilgrimage. And just normal Christian activity is enough to make all of us weary. I want to ask you tonight, are you dissatisfied? Don't live there. Are you jaded? Don't live there. Are you fatigued? Please don't live there. Are you weary? Please don't live there. Because weariness, if not checked and corrected, leads to fainting. How much squandered potential tonight? Because somebody got weary. How much mispurposed tonight? Because somebody got weary. How many empty pews? this evening because somebody got weary. How many souls didn't get the gospel because somebody got weary? I don't want to quit. And if I'm not going to quit, I can't afford to let myself live on in weariness. I've got to have enough conviction and Christian character to encourage myself in the Lord and say, Justin, you can't sit there. You can't live there. You can't stay there. I know you're tired. I know you're disillusioned. I know you're dissatisfied. But Jesus is still good and God's still on his throne. There's still a will of God for your life. And you've got to check yourself before weary Weariness leads to fainting. Demas didn't plan to walk away. 
But somewhere along the way, he must have gotten weary. Maybe Paul didn't let him preach enough. Maybe he didn't get the recognition he wanted. Maybe his old friends kept putting bugs in his ear about how it was better at the liberal church downtown. Maybe he had friends putting bugs in his ears that it was better at the liberal compromising church across town. And something happened along the way. Weariness led to him falling back in love with the world. And before you know it, it was this, Demas hath forsaken me. Why, Demas? I didn't battle against weariness. And I let my weariness birth fainting. Let me give you a few statements. I will not preach them and I'll just close. Number one, if you're weary, I want to ask you the question. Five, five quick questions. If you're weary, are you truly rejoicing in your salvation? I dare say a dissatisfied Christian has not rejoiced in their salvation for some time. A jaded Christian is, if you're jaded, you've got your eyes on man. They preach against man worship and they're more obsessed with men than anybody I know. If they got their eyes off of man and on Jesus, they wouldn't be so dissatisfied, disgruntled, and upset about everything. Can I say, I'll fail you tonight, but Jesus never shall. He never has and he never will. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus alone. Number two, if you're weary, let me ask you the question. Are you rejoicing in your salvation? Number two, if you're weary, are you frequenting your prayer closet? Why did Jesus steal away to the mountainside? Why did he call his disciples away to the desert places? Why? They, had, they didn't have a preaching conference. They had a prayer meeting. Why? Because he understood refreshing came from getting on your knees and pouring out your heart to God in your prayer closet. Can I say you'll not be any bigger than your prayer life is? You'll not be any more powerful with God than your prayer life is? And if you're dissatisfied, if you're disgruntled, you've got to fix it fast. How can you fix it? Rejoice in your salvation. But number two, get back in your prayer closet. Number three, if you're weary, I want to ask you the question, are you truly delighting in the Word of God? Are you living in the Word of God? B.R. Lakin used to tell young preachers, this is sort of a country saying, he'd tell them, they said, what, what can you give advice to a young preacher? What advice would you give? And he said, waller in the Word. You know what that word means? That, that word waller means? Live in it. Love it. Study it. Meditate on it. Feast on the Word of God. Fourthly, if you're weary, let me ask you the question, are you rejoicing in your salvation? Are you frequenting your prayer closet? Are you delighting in the Word of God? Number four, are you living the Christian life in the power of the Holy Spirit? Been working on message on the power of the Holy Spirit. If you listen to preachers from the past, and by the way, you ought to listen to independent Baptist preachers from the last generation and the generation before that. You need to know who Tom Malone is. You need to know who Lester Roloff is. You need to know who Curtis Hudson is. You must know who Jack Hiles is. You need to know who Oliver B. Green and Mays Jackson and all these great preachers. You need to know who, even back, go, go back further than that, you need to know who these preachers, J. Frank Norris and John R. Rice, you need to know who they are. But if you go back and listen to those preachers from the past, and by the way, you ought to listen to what you want to be. You ought to read what you want to be. But you listen to preaching from the past, they usually preached on the second coming and separation and soul winning and the inspiration of the scripture, but they also preached on the spirit-filled life. I want to ask you something. Are you living life in the power of the Holy Ghost of God? It's a frustrating thing to try to do a work for God in the power of the flesh. When's the last time you were filled with the Holy Ghost? Filled with the Holy Spirit. You know the verse, and be not drunk with wine when it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Then last of all, let me ask you this. If you're feeling weary tonight, 
Let me ask you this question. Are you rejoicing in your salvation? Are you frequenting your prayer closet? Are you delighting in the Word of God? Are you living life in the power of the Holy Spirit? And then last of all, are you more consumed with Christ or others in yourself? Now, I want to live for Christ so that I might live for others in the way to get in the gospel. But I don't want to live for others in the area of gossip and nitpicking and finding fault and shortfallings. If you're jaded tonight, I said it a little bit ago, if you're tired and you're weary, when's the last time you turned your eyes on Jesus and looked full in His wonderful face? Because if you do, all the things of earth grow strangely dim. Turn your eyes upon Him. I tell you, it'd be a great day in church if we'd come not looking to see what sister so-and-so had on or what brother so-and-so might say, but we came to get a good glimpse of God. Amen. And I tell you, it'd help with your weariness. In 1980, one of the biggest boxing matches to date took place. Two men stood to fight in the Superdome in Louisiana. A man named Sugar Ray Leonard fought Roberto Duran. Roberto Duran was 72-1. and one. That's a pretty good record. In fact, he'd won the last 41 fights straight. That's a very good win streak. He'd go on to win 103 fights. The two heavyweights were fighting, and in the eighth round, Roberto Duran, the boxer with so many wins, got weary. He wasn't so much tired, he was frustrated. He couldn't score any points. They were only separated by probably a point, but he couldn't land any punches. He let himself get jaded, got dissatisfied, got a little bit burned out. And he turned to the referee and said two words. If you know boxing, you know what he said. He said, no moss. No moss. He looked at him and said, no more. And he quit. That man, a great boxer, didn't start that fight thinking he'd quit. He didn't get in that fight thinking he'd bow out. But in that battle, in that bout, he allowed himself to get weary. He did not revive himself out of his weariness. Eight rounds in, a point between the two, he threw in the towel. There's going to be a last chapter to your Christian life. The last chapter of your life can either be no mas. Weariness led to, fight, to fainting and I quit. Or thank God the verse says this, it could be due season. Due season. Don't quit right before God comes through. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If you're weary tonight, don't stay that way. Get yourself up and out of that, lest you be a casualty in Christianity. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.